You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, Ben Standick here for another Wizards podcast. I spoke at uh, some length with a friend of the podcast, Todd Dibus from the Washington Times, on Friday after the two of us uh, were at the John Wall press conference at Verizon Center. John Wall, Ted Leonsis, Ernie Grunfeld, Scott Brooks were all there, primarily to discuss John Wall's contract extension, as well as other parts about John Wall's past, present, and future the team itself, and the offseason, and, and, and things along those lines. Today, on this part of the podcast, uh, you'll hear just about John Wall. Ta- Todd and I talked about a whole bunch of different topics regarding John, including things that were said at that press conference, uh, the, his his candor uh, going forward with this team, what it all means. Uh, I will play other parts of our conversation Later in the week, we talked about the offseason and the NBA and a whole bunch of other fun topics. So a good one for sure. And I'll get to all that in just a quick second. All right. Now, before I get into the uh, talky part of the podcast, we're talking about talk about John Wall and the Wizards. Just a quick uh, mention here. I've talked about sponsors in the past, uh, p- people being able to sponsor this podcast, but it's been a minute. So as a quick reminder, if your company is interested in Men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. This podcast is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. If that's the sweet spot you're looking for, then this is the advertising spot for you. The rates are reasonable. If you want to find out more, email me, bstandig1 at gmail.com. That's be like Ben. Standig, S-T-A-N-D-I-G, the number one, at gmail.com. You can talk about the podcast, plus some other things that I've got uh, coming down the pipe here as well. The pipe here as well. So, uh, greatly appreciate you guys listening to that. Uh, excited to, to, uh, to see if we got any sponsors out there. And I'm excited for you guys to hear fun conversation I had with Todd Divers from the Washington Times about John Wall. If you want to, of course, follow Todd on Twitter, he is at Todd underscore Divis. If you want to hit me up at Ben Standig and uh, let's get into it. John Wall, the man of the hour. Here's here's what Todd and I had to say. We had a lot to say about the four time all star point guard. Hey, what's up, everyone? Ben Standig here for another Wizards podcast. Uh, Todd Divis from the Washington Times is here. I've made him and his vacation to talk wizard. I didn't, I meant to look this up, Todd. I don't know exactly when was the last time you were on the podcast. I know it has been since at least Otto Porter and John Wall have done their deed. I don't remember what else. So we have a lot to get to. Did you enjoy your time away from me basically? Yeah. It was kind of like when you get to 
a mountaintop and the air changes and it's all fresh and you can see the vistas and you feel free and that you're just in this different, better place in the world. Um, I would say it was like that. <clears throat> I mean, uh, lesser men would find that insulting. I'm just going to take it as that even though you may have gotten to that point, you were aware that, it wasn't me. And even if it was better in your head, <laughs> I was still in your head. So I'm taking that as a win. Um, <clears throat> everything else going all right, though? The world needs to know you're, you're, uh, you're, uh, you know, you're feeling good about your life. You, you, you've not seen Dunkirk yet, though, right? So, I mean, you, your world can't be that complete, but otherwise it's all right. Yeah, I'm among the 0.2% that has not seen Dunkirk yet, especially when it comes to DC-based sports writers. One of which I know our mutual friend Brian McNally has been there more than once, uh, bragging that he's going the second time. Oh, I'm going to see it in 70 millimeter now after seeing, you know, IMAX or whatever the hell the difference is between those two things. I don't know, but this is what the man is tweeting about. Good for him. Uh, I just want to go see it at some point. It was in my grand plans today, but we were derailed by, uh, the, bizarro somewhat bizarro press conference that uh told us that john wall is going to receive a lot of money from the wizards that is true yeah it was uh yeah, it was a very interesting I, I i i had a line in what i wrote earlier today for uh for fan rack sports on this and i at one point i said it, I, I took it out of thing but at one point i said it was a press conference slash Celebration slash season ticket holder meet and greet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. It was a lot of weird, uh, weird elements and we can get into a little bit of that. But, uh, seeing as how, like I said, we haven't had Todd on in a while. I've got a bunch of questions. He's agreed to answer all of them, even though he hasn't. Uh, and we're going to get through a whole bunch of these things, but we got to start, I guess, with the current events, various John Wall things. We've, of course, talked about John Wall in many different ways over the last couple of weeks since he uh, agreed to uh, stay with the wizards and all that, but we haven't got talked to you. So we'll, we'll get through this and we'll get your thoughts on this as we go through this podcast. First and foremost, tell me this. Uh, did you, while you were there, think to yourself as, okay. So part of what happened today was we're in the media room and sometimes the media room gets converted into a staging area or for something for whatever concert they have that day, that night at the Verizon Center. And we got kicked out of that room particularly early today. At 1.56 p.m., they told us we had to be out at 2 p.m. Right. We had, we had another <laughs> very informative process. So we got, so we got kicked out to the, to the practice court, which ironically enough, two way player Mike Young then shows up with his kid to play basketball right as we're trying to work but so that made for an interesting scenario there in any event we got kicked out of the media room because the concert tonight was roger for roger waters co-founder of pink floyd so tell me todd did you at any point think to yourself today hold up in in the verizon center on the same day we have a john wall press conference followed by a concert from the guy whose group is famously wrote or famously has the album the wall did did that cross your mind no how 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 could it not? That was literally what I wrote. That was, that was like my entire article today. No, that did not cross my mind. It did cross my mind that it was uh, 
What what is our language meter? Can we say bad words on this podcast? Yeah, fuck off. Sure, why not? Yeah. That it was bullshit that we were kicked out of the media workroom the day they have a mega press conference. Um that that crossed my mind. But other than that, no. And the thing that crossed my mind about him and Pink Floyd and the whole situation today was that all the millennial reporters were probably wondering, hey, is this a, is this guy new? Who's this Pink Floyd? Did their debut album come out this summer? And so they're playing the Verizon Center. <laughs> I gotta check them out. Right. Do they have an Instagram account? That 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 is probably something that uh, I, I did have somebody ask me who Roger Waters was, but mm. in fairness, I don't think that he's as famous of, among band. It's not like Bono was there doing a solo tour, so. And Roger Waters at this point is able to fill a, like an NBA sized venue by himself. Is think, that true? I think I saw he's going to be there multiple nights. What? Uh, apparently, like his concert tour. Right. Well, you know, I'm not the biggest Pink Floyd guy, although I did use several of their song titles in my article and my headline to use the term "comfortably numb" in it. So uh, I, I tried that, but yeah, no, I, I guess he can. I I don't. Know. I do know people that are going to it. Uh, I I I was not. See, I'm very confused that he can do that, and then there are a bunch of seats still for the Roots at the MGM here in what, like eleven nine days. I don't, I don't. Those two things don't compute for me in 2017, but so be it. By the way, can we have a contest? Who wants to go to see the Roots with Todd Dibus? <laughs> you have to write a two, a three hundred <laughs> a three hundred word essay. <laughs> either on either on why you should go with Todd or on what Kelly Oubre's uh, on on your on Kelly Oubre's game. Yeah, I mean that supposes anyone on earth wants to go or anyone who listens to this podcast would be like, oh hey, I want to go to see a concert with Todd. That sounds like one of life's joys. Hey, you know what? Uh, you, unlikely. You never know what people out there. People out there like all kinds of things. You I, know what that. The never, you never know thing. I got that again on Twitter today. Like I put out something which I thought was pretty innocuous and borderline funny. And then, uh, mutual friend, uh, Jay King, who covers the Celtics quote tweeted it. And then there was all these takes in, uh, on it and it was passed all around. And I was like, this is not a big deal. What is going on here? It was very strange. What was the topic? It was when Wall said that, um, him and Isaiah Thomas, when, Wall went to Tacoma to Isaiah Thomas's uh, little basketball weekend thing he does annually. And Wall said, you know, among the things that they chatted about was like when Kelly Olenek played a lot, the Celtics won. And when Jason Smith played a lot, the Wizards won. And he was just saying it in general terms. And then I have people tweeting at me, Jason Smith plus minus and all this other stuff. And I'm like, Wall wasn't didn't just do a synergy breakdown of the series. You know, he's just saying in very general terms, this is one of the things that Isaiah and I talked about when we were at his basketball weekend. It, it was, I don't know. Amazing that it Twitter, threw me off. It's amazing that Twitter went Twitter. Yeah, right. Uh, I shouldn't be surprised, exactly. All right, so speaking of John Wall, I'll play a little bit of audio in a second from his, uh, from his day. Uh, you know... He spoke, Ted Leonsa spoke, Ernie Grunfeld spoke, Scott Brooks spoke, and they all said things to a various interest. But look, we heard from those other three principals when Otto, at Otto Porter's presser from the other day. John Wall is a different animal compared to Otto Porter. So I think what he 
had to say today is most interesting, especially because, look, at the end of the day, he's staying with the Wizards in theory through the 2022-23 season. That's not something everybody assumed was a lock even a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, you know, he, he could have waited until the start of the season to, 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 to sign this. He could have waited until next year and taken a risk on it, um, that, that he would make an all-NBA team again. He could have just waited another year and said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to Paul George my way out of here and just tell you all I'm leaving or whatever. But he didn't. He stayed. I think that in and of itself, people, I don't care if the Wizards ever, you know, get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, maybe they never win 49 games again. These are things that are different kind of deals. Well, the future will be whatever it is. But right now, it is, I think it's impossible to, to, I think people are maybe almost downplaying the importance of, of John Wall staying. This is a Wizards slash Bullets franchise that has been a virtual disaster for 30 something years. These, the people like John Wall don't, ha- I mean, money is money, but you know, I mean, like, th- th- when, if something can go wrong, they will go wrong. The Wizards have been the, the Murphy's Law franchise for, for all those years. And this guy stayed on top of Bradley Beal staying on top of Otto Porter staying. Uh, you know, say whatever you want about this, about this team, the owner, the GM, whatever. This guy stayed. I think it's a bigger deal on some level. And I think people are even really realizing, um, and by the way, just for us, it's a huge deal because we don't have to listen. We don't have to talk about this for the next season. It's all technical. It's all over. I'm super happy about that. Yeah. No, I, I agree with uh, a lot of what you just said, primarily because the Wizards' whole plan is anchored in what John does, right? Without without John, Bradley Beal, the Bradley Beal, Otto Porter components of the situation take a major hit. Um, and then that trickles down to the Marquis Morris Gortat portions of the situation as well. So the whole thing, they, they must have been a little nervous. You would think naturally, right? They already paid Bradley. Then they had to pay Otto first. And then they pay the guy who makes everything kind of go around them, go around him last. So <laughs> if he went away, this whole, thing that we keep hearing from Ted Leonsis about draft our guys, develop our guys, pay our guys, which notably wouldn't have been the case if Kevin Durant signed here. I'd like to throw that in there since we keep hearing this self-congratulatory stance from the ownership of the team. Um, you know, it, none of that stuff works if Wall is not here long term and if Wall doesn't play the way he plays. Instead, he is. Uh, it, What's going to be interesting to me is when he's done, how is he viewed in the city? Because as you said, this is his, you know, second extension. That's going to give him a, what, a decade plus of playing for the Wizards when this is done, most likely, depending on the opt out and everything. And him, Beal, Otto, and Scott Brooks are now intertwined and they're going to define the next five plus years, probably what they do will define the next seven plus years for the organization. Is it one that stays competitive throughout or is it one that waffles and kind of goes back to that Murphy's law thing that you mentioned? And I would say the, the main thing here is we keep, these guys are under contract. If any of them gets hurt with the lack of salary cap wiggle room, the team now has, that would be a disaster on multiple levels. Obviously, prioritizing wall on down in that situation, but any of the three, just because the amount they're getting 
paid if they have a significant injury that would just derail this team very rapidly. And I, I also think, and while on the one hand they are completely salary capped out, I don't mm-hmm. think that's nearly as big of a deal for next year as maybe people are assuming because from whatever everything I can tell, the next offseason is looking like it's going to be a dud. I mean, the, the big name, there's a, some big name guys, of course, including like LeBron, but you know, the, the, the bulk of the, the class, it doesn't look that good, but nobody's going to be spending any money. It, and I'm fine with that, just to interject quickly, and I'm fine with that because it, it is reasonable to believe that Beal and Otto will still improve to some degree, and even John maybe a little bit. So you're, you're, you're still, you're not losing ground. You don't have these guys under these massive contracts right now, and they're not at the back end losing ground. Um, so the next, even the next two seasons, it, it, it doesn't, it's a non, I don't want to call it a non-issue, but it, it, it's a much less important issue to me than I think some of the folks that we've talked to, you know, are freaked out about the salary cap situation. Yeah, uh, t- t- totally. The, uh, but what I was also going to say is in terms of going forward, like even though they're capped out, there's always, there's always room. There's always a way to make room. I mean, you know, do you, do you, you trade, you attach a number one pick to ship Mahimi out of Dodge. Maybe Gortaco's off the books one way or the other. In after two more after two seasons, you know, trade Jason Smith. I don't know whatever it is. But saying there's always a way to get somebody out, especially if somebody wants to show up. And the fact that for the first time, really in forever, the Wizards have some legitimate stability because John Wall is staying, because Otto Porter, Bradley Beal are staying, and they're young and they've been good the last. You know, they've made. I understand they haven't made the Eastern Conference Finals yet. They haven't advanced past the second round. I get it, but you know. That's not bad, and look, we we don't know what's going to happen with Cleveland. I mean, LeBron eventually will get old. He also may leave after next year one way or the other. We don't know where Kyrie is going. And, uh, you know, as I've said before here, um, while, while Todd was gallivanting around the world, you know, the Celtics, as good as they are positioned for the long haul, I don't necessarily think for next year they are um, – I don't know if they've necessarily improved a ton just for next year. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. And, you know, you never know how the future holds. So, yeah, I'm just saying even – I think John Wall signing, it stabilizes the situation, and that in and of itself I, I think can make for a big deal uh, on top of everything – on top of everything else. Uh, he, he said today – and I guess we sort of knew this, but he said – uh, he, he explained why he signed or as early as he did. Here's what he's talked about it a few different times. One quote was, "This is the only this is only my first time making All NBA. Uh, you don't kind you, you don't exactly you don't know or you don't want to take that chance or risk of not making it and losing out. Why not just go ahead and get it done? I guess I didn't explain by making the All NBA team this year. He was eligible for the Super Max. If he doesn't make it next year, he doesn't get it. And you know, Chris Paul didn't make it this year because of injuries." Clay Thompson didn't make it this year just because a lot of, you know, not everybody can. Um, there's tons of guards. And he, as John, as he said, he went 23 and 11 basically and only made third team. So take the money now. So, so, so he did it. And, uh, and, 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 and I think that's a, a, a mature move, uh, on, on his part. He also said he didn't want to go anywhere else. This is where he wants to be. He wants his jersey in the rafters, yada, yada, yada. So that's all good. Uh, but, uh, you know, a, a, a mature thought there on his part to, uh, to say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to take the money while I can. 
Yeah, it, yes, it's definitely the logical thing to do. And also I'd add that he is not in the shadow here. He is the shadow caster. We were talking to him about Kyrie today um, and just kind of well mentioned that, of course, anyone who plays with LeBron is going to be in LeBron's shadow, particularly in Cleveland. Um, so that's not a, that's not on the table for Wall here. I think he still clearly is the franchise face. I know we try to make that, or marketing tries to make that Wall and Beal, and and certainly Bradley played much better last year and had a good good full season, was really good in the playoffs, and all those things. But this still starts and pretty much ends with Wall in D.C., um, just between his community stuff and between being the only all-star on the team for four years and all those other things that I think everyone listening already knows. So it, it wasn't about him having any of those considerations of, well, I'm second fiddle. Do I want to stay here? Or do I want some more uh, more prominence for my name somewhere else as the league guy? He's got that here for sure. Um, I want to play some audio from today, and then uh, we'll talk about it on the other side. Here is John Wall. Uh, you'll actually hear me ask him a question. I just wanted to say that for Todd's benefit. Uh, I asked him essentially about how much is what happened in game seven in that Celtic series overall. How much is that, um, how much did that factor into his offseason mentality? Here's John Wall talking about that game seven. Uh, John, I was going to ask you about the Celtic series in game seven in particular. How much has that been on your mind? Uh, this offseason and sort of answer that a little bit, but if you could talk about that and also just what do you think you guys are now to, to deal with a Boston, a Cleveland going forward? Well, you never know. Every team's changing every other day these days. <laughs> but um, we right there. We, we was in a game seven. We, we had game one and game two one. We just a team that let those games slip. Uh, we know what it takes to win. Uh, we just got to get over that hump. And game seven, not the way we wanted it to end. But uh, we did, I definitely went out swinging. I didn't shoot. I didn't go 0 for, 0, 0 for 11. Shot the ball. Played the game I wanted to play. Uh, at least I wasn't being passive. I was being aggressive like I was in the playoffs. I could deal with losing that way. And uh, I use that as motivation for this season coming up. All right. And that is, of course, John Wall. Before we get to more on that, this is me talking about our sponsor of this podcast, SeatGeek, you guys have heard me talk about this many a time. SeatGeek is the smartest and easiest way to get tickets to live events. And you know you're going to want to see John Wall lace them up, maybe not 41 times at home, but a few, right? You're going to want to see him go up against wherever Kyrie Irving is next year, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Lonzo Ball, what have you. And uh, if you don't have season tickets, one way you can get them Get get tickets to those games is by choosing SeatGeek. I've got it on my phone, and it has been uh, by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. Uh, you know, I don't really need tickets for the Wizards games, being that I'm working them. But I've definitely shopped for uh, concert tickets throughout the summer, and uh, I can be anywhere with just a few taps. Instantly find seats. Now, here is... Uh, oh. Here's some other things you need to know about this. Of course, duh. Uh, SeatGeek saves you the time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find you the best deals. I don't know about you guys, but I'm down with the best deals. I've already spent way too much money this summer 
and uh, we still got the month of August. So I need all the deals I can get. SeatGeek is here to help. It, uh, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Now, here's how this works. You download the app. Cool? Done. You got to download the app first. Then when you do, enter the promo code L-O-N-B-A. That's locked on N-B-A. When you do that, you will get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Uh, that simple. So download the SeatGeek app, enter promo code L-O-N-B-A, and you'll get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Simple enough. All right, let's get back to it. We just heard John Wall talking uh, from the press conference about uh, Game 7 and a little bit about the East. Here's what Todd and I had to say on the other side about that. All right, so, so there's John Wall. He, on his own, brings up going, m- missing his last 11 shots in that Celtics game. Uh, slight confession, I hoped he would go there because I, 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 I try, I, <laughs> here's some inside baseball. Uh, he, Todd's going to yell at me for bringing this up, but screw it. The, 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 the press conference, there's two, there's two parts to the press conference. There's the part that gets, that's in front of everybody. That is on TV. Everybody in the room can hear everything that's happening. And then there's the after part where only a few of us go talk to the principals and you can sort of, you know, you can, you can, you can ask for whatever you want in either way. But if you're doing it the first time, you're, you're doing it in front of everybody. The second time, you're only doing it in front of a handful of people. You know, more intimacy with the, with the uh, person you're talking to, but also nobody else, you know, the whole world's not taking your, uh, <clears throat> your good questions. Well, in the in the ag, where you're not handing everything to the aggregators on a silver platter who are just sitting somewhere watching the live stream while you're working and then putting up posts before you get out of your seat. Absolutely. Um, that said, I wanted to ask something, and all the other generic all the generic questions had already gone away. So in my head, I was like, "Well, what could I ask?" Oh, I was thinking, I want to ask him about Game Seven. I want to see where he goes with that. What's on his head with it? Is it just that they lost? That his, you know, hit the 0 for 11? Does he talk about being tired? I don't know. Whatever it is, or does he not give a crap? And so I, I, I left it sort of a basic. Hey, what? So what? What are your thoughts on that? And he, on his own, brings up. I, I missed by. I, I went. I missed the last eleven shots. He also spins it into a positive. He says, "Hey, I went out swinging. I didn't go out passive." In my head, I'd like to think he was he was knocking on James Harden there, but I'll <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll assume that wasn't true. Um, and then after that, Scott Brooks. In talking about Wall, says, "Hey, yeah, he, he didn't have a great Game Seven, but he, I like his winning attitude, and he tried." And he goes, "By the way, how many how many guys are going to go 0 for 11 and then mention it again in a press conference?" <laughs> and and I thought that was an interesting exchange, and it, it goes to, it's not a none of that is a controversial statement. Nobody's going to make a big deal about it, other than to say, "Boy, John Wall, he's a." Uh, you know, he brought that up. That's kind of interesting. It's, it's, it's part of what I wrote about today. Um, you know, it shows a candid side. And I think it's interesting for me is he, he, he says so many candid things all the time. The other ones typically are things that get him into trouble, i.e. Bradley Beal and I don't like each other, i.e. the Wizards should go get Paul George, uh, i.e. Reggie Jackson just got the same amount of money I did, i.e. Team USA can bite me because they don't like, they don't pick me for any of their teams, i.e. Every list, this is from a couple years ago, but like every rankings list, 
has him way down and he is not afraid to <clears throat> speak out. I think part of the issue is that people misinterpret his, that they, they don't, they don't have to know how to deal with his honesty. They, it, I think because they're not used to it in athletes, frankly, and maybe in life <laughs> sometimes, um, you know, we, we, a lot of us, you know, we all have our own defense mechanisms, but we're, we're used to the athletes all nucleusing it all the time. And I'm getting to a, this is my long winded way of getting to something here. Uh, this week I was at the uh, City Open tennis tournament, and I really like covering that event for a bunch of different reasons. And one of them is that the tennis players are often all uh, loopy. That they, they they are candid constantly. That they're uh, you know they're in their head all the time just based on that sport. And you know they so many of them just give really interesting answers, especially ones who for English is their first language. So Jeannie Bouchard was uh, out there the other day. She won a match. She had just come from winning a match. And somebody brought up the point that she said something at some point recently that became a, th- became a thing in their world. And she was asked about giving candid answers. And this is not something she said right then, but this is something she said at the French Open. It's essentially the exact same thing. I didn't feel like transcribing the thing she said here. It's basically the same thing. Quote, honesty is the best policy. I learned that when I was five years old. I just want to be true to myself. I want to be real. I don't like being one of those fake people. I don't see any reason to hide behind answers and have those boring press conferences that a lot of players do in every sport. I just answer honestly. I'm just real. And I thought about that, and I thought about the Wizards and other teams that I cover, and I thought about John Wall. And that last part, I just answer honestly. I'm just real. The difference between Jeannie Bouchard and John Wall is she doesn't have a teammate. She doesn't have a coach. She doesn't have an owner. I mean, I guess she has sponsors, but she, she doesn't have anybody who is has to deal with the next day with a mic in their face, with a, with a you know, recorder in their face. Hey, <laughs> John Wall just said X. What does that mean? And I think basically what I, that's what I like about John Wall. He answers questions like the tennis player does. Sure, once in a while he says something that's maybe – for some over a line and they don't know how to deal with it. But he basically just, as she just said, I'm just answering honestly, I'm just real. And I, 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 I really like that about him. And hopefully like, I didn't make that much of a big deal about this Paul George thing. Paul George is better than Otto Porter. I don't think how is that a controversial statement? He also said in the same statement that Otto Porter was really good. So uh, I, I don't know. That was a, that was a, something that just struck me. Um, and again, it goes back to what he said about going over 11. He, he did. He went 0 for 11. He didn't. He didn't deny it. He didn't bury it. He didn't pretend it didn't happen. He didn't mark McGuire and say, "I'm not. I'm only here to talk. I'm not here to talk about the past." He 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 looked at it. Said, "Yep, I screwed up. Now what?" And I. So anyway, so that to me, just having those two things happen in the last 48 hours for me, just sort. I, I just sort of saw some connection there. And I think in the night that the news broke that he agreed to the extension, that was what you just mentioned was part of what I wrote. I think the franchise itself had to learn to accept this is how he's going to be. He's our number one draft pick face of the franchise. And we're sure that we're comfortable with him being rather truthful in the media, which as you said, it sometimes causes ripples um, to the point where, Maybe a television station that carries the team's contract is a little nervous about having certain posts up that where Wall was critical of a teammate or something like that. So there are different instances where he's done this. I think he's able to do it, one, because he's the best player. Two, 
because really the things, as you mentioned, using the Paul George example, <laughs> are surely te- things that everyone else realizes. Anyone with any level of self-criticism or ambition, the things that he's mentioned in public, they have to already know and think those things themselves. Otherwise, they're delusional, right? These are not grandiose ridiculous statements that he's making but they are things as you said that a lot of athletes kind of keep in their pocket especially in team sports um and and this is a total bizarro segue but i'll do it anyway so i just bought a house and our mortgage lender the agent i use for the mortgage was knows what I do for work. So he's really into baseball and he was asking me about particular nationals players. And is this guy a jerk or is this guy not? And this guy seems like a jerk. And I said, well, this guy, the guy you're referring to, you know, can be honest very often in the media. So then I think he's kind of viewed differently because he is honest. And then when he is honest, it seems like, which is all we keep saying as reporters that we want from these guys, then they get piled on after the fact. And so it's like a double down on no, on bad returns for the person who's honest in the media, right? Because the media then gets on them and then they have the parts of the equation that you're talking about. They go in the locker room the next day. They have to have face to face dealings or their teammates slash coach have to answer questions about what so and so just said as well. Um, so it's, it's always a, a tricky line for a modern athlete and, it's so rare. I think that that's part. It's so rare amplified with how our business is now that it makes it seem that much more uh, rare and, and just portrayed in a way that it's such a big deal. But there's such a grind in everybody's life. I, I think these things come and go internally more than we, we think. We kind of carry them out just like anything that happens to you or me personally. You kind of deal with it at the time and then things dissipate. Um, so I, I couldn't be more thankful that he's truthful. I think actually Beal is pretty truthful. Um, he's, he's moving in that direction as well. Uh, in, we know, we know Gortat has a problem with the truth, which is not the problem usually associated with that phrase. It's that he tells it all the time and instead of not telling it. And Mark, so. Morris is not afraid to speak his mind. Right, right. So it, it's a good, it's a good locker room, um, in that way. So I, I, I definitely agree with you. I, I, I thought it was a factor. Um, I think when, I think you're able to do that, A, like I said, when you're the best player, but B, if you're going to be self-critical as well in those public situations. And today was an instance of that where he mentioned that he not only went 0 for 11, but he was also dog ass tired by the end of that game something we couldn't really get out of them um right after it happened or right after the season ended uh but today wall mentioned specifically the third quarter he had asked for a sub with about three minutes to go and scott brooks told him no and left him on the floor so speaking of honesty there was another one uh when that came up as well yeah absolutely uh all right, i got one more john wall thing before we get to some other topics uh you mentioned John Wall is the face of this franchise, more or less. He casts a shadow over everybody else. You know, no disrespect to Bradley Beal or anybody else, but you know that's the, that's the he's a four-time All Star, and there are no other All Stars. Yeah, absolutely. He's been he, he's the only guy that you know has been here since Ted Leonsis bought the team. He's been you know, all that stuff, so it's all good. 
here's my question. By the winter of 2018-19, is John Wall the face of DC Sports? So think of it like this. Right now, the answer would be no. But I, as somebody who covers the Redskins and has a brain, doesn't think Kirk Cousins will be here after next season. I have talked to numerous people. I'm not saying this is like an inside scoop thing, but like I don't know anybody who thinks on any level that Bryce Harper is staying with the Nationals when his contract ends after next season. Maybe that proves wrong. They win a World Series, that changes everything, you know. But at the moment, I don't, I can't find anybody who thinks he's staying. Alex Ovechkin, I think he took a hit this year with the way the Capitals went. He's also getting older and and, and all that. Now, of course, other things can. Can, can happen. The Nats have some other interesting young players. The Redskins are the Redskins. Something will happen. But based on that, is John, we know John Wall will be here. He's the one who we know is staying and will still be in his prime, unlike, say, Ovechkin. So that's based on that, is will John Wall be the face of DC Sports by the winter of 2018-19? I would say that though he probably should, um, and very well could that no, because the Wizards just are so far behind among the big four sports here in town that I think it's going to be hard for anyone with that franchise in its current state to take over the city. As you mentioned, the Redskins are the Redskins. Um, hey, and you know what? A quick aside, something that we talk about a lot is the timing from the Wizards on certain announcements and that why we were like, why did they do it on this day? Because X, Y, Z is happening and this is happening in the new cycle. They're going to be kicked out. You know, they're, they're the have not in the new cycle in general. And now they're doing something important on a day when everything else is going on today, there was no training camp and that place was packed with local reporters. So kudos to them for finding a day in the summer where they had the new cycle, albeit a Friday, which, uh, is an error, but, um, uh, instead of a Monday or Tuesday, but, uh, so kudos to them for doing a day when the Redskins were off, but back specifically to your question, uh, I would say no, I, I think on sports talk radio around here, the wizards are rarely talked about when they are talked about the information that's delivered is, um, poorly informed, uh, by, most of the people we see some of the folks that we know like Scott Jackson we see is someone that we see at games and obviously is in tune with the team um, from before and Kevin Sheehan we know is a, is a huge basketball fan um, so those 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 guys are kind of on the quote-unquote wizard side willing to discuss them willing to talk about wall stature in the city um, but beyond that it's kind of a a big shrug and I don't know that that's going to change just because he's here. It's always going to be something new um, with the Redskins. So something new or worse. So uh, who knows what's happening with them and uh, what, <laughs> what will be happening going forward? Sorry. We had just had a little visit from uh, an unexpected podcast uh person here a, a third person on the podcast from my perspective that was almost like a bigfoot sighting because i <laughs> I've heard i've heard of existence but never actually um never actually witnessed 
Uh, any uh, before I move on, any uh, any other thoughts from the John Wall presser, or, or we can if you if you think of something, you can you can mention it later. But any uh, any last thoughts before we move on? Yeah, just uh, quickly, something that I mentioned to you is that my favorite thing of the day, as you mentioned, people other than media folks were asking questions in the, in the press conference, and one of the people who asked the question was a season ticket holder who essentially asked Scott Brooks, Ted Leonsis. Ernie Grunfeld and John Wall, why the home crowd stink and what they can do to get more people in there, which just was, I found extremely amazing. She said she sits on the floor and brings like symbols or something to bang around. And she's mad that there aren't a bunch of people at the games all the time. And how can they fix that? That I found that amazing. No, it was incredible because earlier, when we first started getting a couple of people randoms asking questions, they were much more, you know, the the use of you know we we we, we so admire you, we love you know how, how how you're already amazing. How much more amazing can you get? This was like, hey, <laughs> I'm coming to games, but do I have to bring something? Like, do I have to bring my tambourines to make noise or something? Tambourines, yes, that's what she said. She embarrasses the other people sitting on the floor side with her because she's using her tambourines. Why aren't there more people there? Yeah, no, that was a uh, a fascinating moment. Uh, it's it's I, I I said on Twitter that it was it was jarring to hear somebody using we and and fans and and somebody came, somebody said to me, well, you know, I'm a fan and I think of it as a we. I'm like, and you should. That that's a different scenario, though. I mean, in that setting, for us, we're, you know, we're all trained to not sit, talk like that, not think like that, no matter whether it's your favorite or not. So it's it's super weird to hear it. I was I, I was sitting in the front row and I kept craning my neck, like, what is going on here? Yes, it it was a strange circumstance, but we knew that was going to be the case, just the way these things go. Uh, it wasn't like this in the modern era. I don't think it was like this at the auto one, though. I mean, it was the same general setup, but I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't recall any uh, anything like that, even though there were other random people there. But, yeah, that was definitely an um, interesting moment. All right, and there you have it. A lot of thoughts there on John Wall. Uh, fun always getting back in the saddle with Todd talking about the Wizards. And uh, enjoyed that. We've got more to come. We talked a ton about the offseason. Uh, got Todd's take on... We both sort of offered up grades on, on what we see now from the Wizards a month after the start of free agency. Did they move too soon on guys like Jody Meeks and Mike Scott? Uh, have they actually improved their team? And, uh, you know, also the NBA as a whole, uh, some topics that, that interested us, including, uh, James Harden and Chris Paul, that whole relationship among, uh, as well as some other dynamic duo combinations. So let's end it right there. Thank you guys for listening. And again, if you are interested in being a sponsor for the Locked On Wizards podcast, hit me up. You can send me an email, bstandig1 at gmail.com. That's B as in Ben, standig, S-T-A-N-D-I-G, 1 at gmail.com. Would love to discuss. Until next time, see ya.